You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I am Allie, your host, here with Daniel. Today, in our car ride's worth of content, we are discussing how to set your small groups up for success. But before we dive into today's car ride's worth of content, Daniel, what are you loving? On Mondays, we get to have this message meeting with our pastor and um, Tom, our associate to the pastor, and a few other people, and we evaluate the message from Sunday or from the weekend, I guess it's on Saturday night too, and just talk about it in depth, what worked, what didn't, um, talk about all of the messaging that we're doing for our series. So that's the end notes and the um, videos that we do as any part of um, our Sunday experience at Mass. And I just think it's such a healthy process. We're not perfect at it. Um, We're always getting better. And I just think the message meeting on Mondays is a is a huge part of that that I'm learning from every week. It's awesome. That goes along with what we talked about a couple podcasts ago. Yeah, we try to um, do that in student ministry Evaluating, too. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Ruthlessly evaluating. Ruthlessly evaluating, we call it. yes. That's awesome. Mine has to do with work too. I was going to say I'm loving our staff. We have staff day tomorrow, which is just always fun for us, just a day to get together and kind of refocus on our mission, our vision, our goals in each department, but just to be able to have some fellowship with one another and a fun day. And I'm looking forward to it. And it reminds me how lucky I am to have such awesome staff to work with every day. You do have great people around us. Good people around us. It's awesome. Well, today we're going to be talking about setting up small groups for success in your ministry. For us at Nativity, we believe that everything leads to small groups. We play games in small groups. We have competitions between small groups. We end our messages with a question for small groups to tackle. We offer mission opportunities for small groups to do together. Our small groups are where our big church and our big program and our large body of students gets small. It's where relationships get personal, faith sharing happens, and life change takes root. Timmy is our typical teen. We talked about him in a previous podcast, and he really needs small groups to personalize and sort through the message that we're giving him. We say that um, learning can happen in rows, that you can do a lot of things Mm -hmm. in rows, but really the growth and the friendship, the faith, it happens and it grows in circles. And that's where our small groups happen in circles. So we can tell teens anything that we want. We can even show our teens how to live well, but Timmy needs to process it himself to understand and begin to live it. And small groups are where that happens. So what we do for a few will always have more impact than what we do for many. So each leader that we have, our small group leaders, our ops team, everybody that volunteers in student ministry has a relational capacity to invest in maybe six to 10 teens. Mm -hmm. And so we say that's the ideal size for a small group. Any less than that And it can be a little bit awkward, although I had some times last year where I had four or five in my small group, even three. Yeah, and you can have a really good conversation, but you want more like six to 10 because you're going to not have all of them there every single week, Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So six to 10 teens and any more than that. And it's not really a small group. It's uh, chaos. I don't know what you would call that. (laughs) Yeah, it's messy. It is for sure. We've said this before. 
before here on our podcast too that that about that relational capacity and it's not possible for me or Daniel or any youth minister to know every single student in your program on a deep personal level hopefully you recognize them know a lot of names but it depends on how many kids you have but your small group leader has that capacity to know those six to ten teens and know them well and invest in them that's right and that goes along with our first strategy so we have a few strategies when it comes to our small groups and small groups are an evolving thing so we really um, are telling you about this as we continue to learn mm-hmm. um, all the time. Learning. Mm-hmm. And every small group is a little bit different too. So these are our strategies right now though. The first one is that no teen is anonymous. We can't really disciple teens in a crowd. They need to have a smaller uh, group community, small group that they belong to. And so um, we accomplish that um, within you know this group of six to 10 teens. We don't want any teen to be anonymous. We want it to be noticeable when they're not there. We want their leader to follow up with them. We can't force faith, but we can provide a safe place for them to explore, to connect with others, to learn and figure things out and be themselves. That's what small group is for. It's a time of Mm. exploration and question asking. Something teens really need. They need that safe place to be able to do that. Yep. So no teens anonymous, safe place to ask questions. And before we ask teens to believe, they need to be able to trust the person telling them to believe. That goes along with it being a safe place is that level of trust. We're inviting them to follow someone, to follow God, that they can't hear, see, touch. They, they really don't experience God with their mm-hmm. senses. Mm-hmm. So we need to give them a person, a leader in their small group, and their peers can fulfill this role too, who shows them what God is like. Mm-hmm. It's the, probably the biggest opportunity that you have in small group. Yep. They help them know God by knowing someone who knows God. Yep. Teens need a person other than their parents who believes in them. The truth that we share with them can only be amplified by the depth of the relationship that we have with them. The greater the relationship, the more ability you have to share the truth of God's love in their life. Absolutely. And ideally for our small groups, we love it when leaders can go with their teens for a long time in the ideal, ideal world, dream, dream dream. world. And it does happen occasionally. We have a leader that's worked her way up with her Mm -hmm. small group. They would start with them in first grade. That's not even in our program yet, but they'd start with them in first grade and go all the way through 12th grade. grade. We have a leader that's made it to 10th grade this year with her same girls awesome. and the groups changed a little bit, but some of their girls have been with her since first grade. And we have three leaders this year who are making that transition from our children's programs, which are first through fifth grade to students, which starts in middle school at sixth grade. So we have three leaders coming up that's been with their group first through fifth grade and they're keeping it going on to sixth grade this year. But we don't tell our leaders that from the start. Say, hey, can you make a commitment from first through 12th grade (laughs) with these teens? Could you imagine? We ask them to make a one-year commitment, build the relationships, and then go from there. We let the relationships do the work on that part because then they just love their kids. And some leaders, uh, whether it's timing of the program or, or whatever, they'll stay with one age group. So maybe they'll stay with middle school or they'll stay in elementary age or high school mm-hmm. and that's okay too that's mm-hmm. a still a long sustained period with mm-hmm. a leader absolutely all right so the structure for our small groups so we talked a little bit 
um, about the strategies for them and what Timmy can get out of small group, but the structure for small groups is really something that provides a platform for all of this relationship building to happen. So this is the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts of our small group um, structure. So the first thing is to provide questions for leaders, but these questions are just to get a conversation going. They don't have to go straight down the list. In fact, we encourage them not to go straight down the list every week, not to read it straight off of the page, which takes a little more preparation Mm -hmm. and thought going Mm -hmm. into it. And we ask them to meet in their own space. So ideally this would be in their own room, but at least that they'd have a given space week to week. I used to have one room in another church where I worked was one big kind of fellowship hall style room and we couldn't separate into a bunch of different areas but we did give them at least a table that was in the same mm, place every mm-hmm. week that had their name on it so they knew what their area was it's not as ideal as their own room yeah but definitely gets hard as your program grows and your student the number of students you have grows but we do all meet on campus here and we try to figure out a space which might be a little corner of a hallway or sharing a space with someone else a larger we have a couple larger rooms that we can fit two groups into um but just giving them a space that's theirs every week consistently that they know that's where they're going to be that's where they're going to meet another way that we structure small group is we ask them to sit in a circle on the same level so not some in chairs and some on the floor but everybody on the same level Mm -hmm. and we have guys that are in their 60s mm-hmm. or at least late 50s who sit on the ground with their sixth and seventh grade yeah. boys so this is actually way more important than it sounds so i'm going to say it again sit in a circle on the same level mm-hmm. and if you're not doing that at least have a strategy for what you are doing if you're in a room together you should be sitting on a circle in the same level unless mm-hmm. you're doing an activity or you're walking around with them and answering questions that way and we do say sometimes that boys struggle a little bit more to have a great conversation when they have eye contact mm-hmm. with the people around them, which obviously if you're in a circle, you have eye contact. Um, but if you're not going to do that, have a strategy for what you are doing. Yeah. And that same level, it's just all day at school, they're sitting in desks with a teacher standing in front of them, talking at them. But that's not how it's supposed to feel in small group. Being at the same level, whether you're all standing doing an activity standing a lot of the boys walk around you know or go on a hike or do something but sitting together just takes away that level of I'm the leader I have authority as the adult over you guys but just builds that community of a relationship we're just talking here and we're just being honest with one another and building that relationship so again these are practical things about structure but you need two leaders who are safe environment trained adults. And some weeks we may only have one leader show up. That's okay in at least our church and our archdiocese as long as um, there's more than one teen in the room. It can't be one-on-one between a leader and a teen. But they should be safe environment trained adults each week. And ideally we have two or even some groups have a couple of adults and an older teen who's mm-hmm. helping lead. Mm-hmm. And our groups are divided by gender and grades. So we have sixth grade boys, sixth grade girls, 10th grade girls, 10th grade boys, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, And there's multiple groups within the grades and the the genders. And from the beginning of the year, we ask our groups to establish values and boundaries that they make kind of a covenant as as a group. Yeah, just laying that foundation for trust in relationship, 
nothing that's shared here goes leaves this room and nobody's talking about it at school or when you walk out of here to other people so laying down those kinds of that kind of foundation of expectations and how you're going to agree to treat one another in your small group sets it up for trust and sharing and vulnerability and that relationship that you want from day one. So as you set up your small groups for success, the last key that we have for you here is to give away leadership to small group leaders. Realize that every group is a little different, that it's never going to be perfect. Um, It's not always going to reflect our individual preferences. I've been a small group leader as well as being on staff the last couple of years and I run my group very differently than Allie's going to run hers Mm -hmm. or Billy's going to run his down the hallway. And that's okay as long as they're getting teens on a discipleship path. So you can help your leaders um, by doing a few things. One is by taking attendance and calling kids who miss regularly, helping your leaders to be able to do that. They're actually the ones with the relationship. So I could call teens every week and say, hey, you haven't been here, but it's more effective if their leaders are texting them or reaching out in some way. The next one is to offer ongoing tips and formation for your leaders. We try to do this throughout the year. We made little videos and sent them out last year. You can do this by email, lots of different ways. Meet with them a couple of times during the year, but continue to encourage and form them. One thing that we're working on right now that we talked about in a previous podcast episode was coaching. Mm -hmm. And we have coaches that are just assigned to a certain number of small group leaders to help them, encourage them, be in the room even with them and give constructive feedback. We want to communicate weekly as simply but as thoroughly as we can about our program. Less is more, we think, with communication, um, but we try to make sure that our leaders know what's going on so that they can have that structure Mm -hmm. for the night. Mm -hmm. We do that a lot by with our minister's minute we send out um, every couple of weeks, and we count the word count on there so that it's hopefully our goal is that they can read it in a minute or less, and it just gives them what they really need to know, but enough so that they feel equipped and they know like what's going on. We put lots of links in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) to more. (laughs) Um, And we want to spend more time with our leaders than with students as staff members, as kind of the shepherds of the program. Mm -hmm. We're going to probably spend more time with leaders. Which sounds wrong when you hear it. It doesn't sound like, but I'm a youth minister. I should be with the youth, right? And our relational capacity is only a certain number of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly. why we, but you, our job is to love on the people who are loving on the students directly. Exactly. And we include them in our strategy um, as we continue to plan. We help them to be a part of that. And we always keep in mind that the curriculum is secondary to the relationship. So we don't necessarily want them to get through everything, but we would like them to build the relationship with the help of the curriculum. Yeah, and that is why setting your small groups up for success is so important because that is where the relationship meets the curriculum and really flourishes. So what does a win look like in small groups, Daniel? We just had a great group of senior girls graduate this year and they had these two leaders who were very consistent with them over their four years, very different leaders who made a great pairing. Debbie was a Uh, or is an engineer and just has that kind of mindset. She could go down the list and just tick off the questions one by one. She was the one that sent the text message to the girls every week. And Sylvia 
is just really fun loving and funny yeah. and floats in and just is kind of the life of the party every week. And they made a great pair for these senior girls. And it was it was a lot of girls in the group, but they might have three one week and six the next week and they'd be totally different girls week to week. Mm-hmm. But they were so consistent and in touch with with their girls, even as they became juniors and seniors and became really busy and might not attend as much. Yeah, and our very last night of program, we kind of honor those seniors that are moving on and leaving the program, and they all showed up, and it was just awesome. It was so sweet. Their leaders love them so much. They love them, and it was awesome to see a nice little celebration. Yep. And like we said a little bit ago, too, Katrina with her girls since first grade, I got to give that a shout out to that. Awesome. That's a win. Yeah. Um, in the process. 100%. She is awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today on Uprising. Next time we will be discussing the hard topic of what to do when crisis comes to your ministry. Join us next time.